Last time on Trials of the Apocalypse. Lenny is the engineer for the ship. Lenny is in possession of a magic drill box, and these magic tools, under very specific circumstances, can be used to just fix things magically. Isn't that also a quote? Magic is just science we don't understand yet. What brought Rodney to the Cosmic Library? Uh, they put an ad in the space newspaper looking... <laughs> the, the one! The Froctor was a classmate of yours. Old P.U. Old P.U. Is this like an old Greek society? What was the name of it? I ate a pie. So you threw him out of the airlock. <laughs> it's fine. We've all done it. He'll forget. And pretty soon you'll forget too. I did not fuck the void. <laughs> uh, we're heading our bearing over to sector J31 Niner Niner. We've graduated from doing courier work. We graduated? I didn't even I didn't even graduate high school. Uh, we don't know all of the details. Of course, that's our job to investigate. Uh, we're going to be uh, dealing with a threat which seems to have a a, a planet-wide scope. Uh, there have been issues with residents of a particular planet just up and disappearing. Um, Froctor, what? What's today's date? So you know roughly where you're going. There's a planet uh, which you are headed to in uh, Sector J31 Niner Niner. If you wanted to perform any research while you're on your way uh, to investigate the mystery or something like that, I could certainly see some of that. Oh, that would be smart. Um, Or if there's any preparations you wanted to make or anything like that. Nova gets the the ship started on the right course, Mm -hmm. uh, gets us out of the particular star system we're in at this moment. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is mostly autopilot. Yeah. Do you, if you're like actually punching it and doing more instantaneous travel, at first you have to be sort of away from other stuff because the effects of your engine when it's punched to its maximum speed. It's a little reality warping. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. just a smidge. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is not great for local planets. Yeah. So you have to get out of that star system first. There was this whole incident where we were a little bit too close. This was with the the pilot before me. This is actually why they needed a new pilot, uh, where uh, where they punched it a little too close to the planet and uh, brought a race of people into existence and then immediately erased their existence within the next, like, 10 seconds, uh, which caused a whole thing in the Cosmic Library. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, that's... Plus it made the archaeological history on that planet wild. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you're, you're on your way out of the star system. You have to wait for an all clear before you, you punch it. Basically, I have to turn off the fasten seatbelt sign. Or I guess it's more accurate to say you wait for an all clear before you turn the page. <laughs> Here I go. I was going to say before you Bob Seger it. Yeah. <laughs> uh... If you get that reference, congratulations on knowing one of my favorite songs. 
you're one of the two people who. Oh, I feel like I feel like more two, more than two people are going to know. Bob Seeker's turn the page. Probably. Uh, yeah, I have a lore library. Yeah. Can I use that to? Uh, Who's Lorelai and what's a brary? <laughs> lore library is my mother. Are you calling mom then? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm using my library card. Yeah. Yeah. So you're using your cosmic library card. To, <laughs> yes. to conduct some research. Uh, what kind of... What are you doing? Uh, investigate a mystery? Well, yes. That's the move you're going for. Oh, okay. But. I'm looking up uh, what sort of creatures, what sort of... Uh, what sort of... Uh, events uh, have had the sort of, like, just disappearance of, of people, other than the one that I just uh, described, of punching the reality warp engine a little too close to a planet yeah um okay um i will have you uh yeah roll to investigate a mystery okay i get to take plus one forward because i'm using my lore library yeah hey that's really good that's eight nine ten eleven that's a full success Mm -hmm. Uh, it's our first time uh using that move on the show so you want to read off real quick what that success means for you yes when you investigate a mystery roll plus sharp which i did on a 10 plus, hold two, which means I get to ask ask two of the following questions. Uh, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can I do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here? Excellent. So uh, what two questions do you want to ask? I think what sort of creature is it? Okay. It's a, like a pretty good one. Um, do we want to? I can answer that one first and then we can answer your second one. So you're doing some research on just generally in the Cosmic Library archives around what can make things disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's like tons of entries for this, right? Like, you know, time travel rightly applied can make things disappear. Um, Like ghosts can make things disappear. By the Uh, way, I haven't, I haven't described this yet on, uh, on Mike really, but uh, Nova has a, a backpack that has all of her Haven things in it. And and the backpack's name is Haven. Uh, And so the way that she, uh, investigates this is that she goes to her bunk because she does actually have a bunk mm-hmm. um, and she uh, takes the backpack off and in the backpack is also a computer that is connected to the archives of the of the lore li- library but when she uses it her antenna absolutely do light up I love it um, I did have one more item that could make things disappear that was a joke I'll I'll talk t- Street street magician Chris Angel can make things disappear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good. Thank you everyone for the pity laughs. Uh, so said it was pity. Uh, so me, <laughs> I, I pitied myself. <laughs> so several things can make things disappear. All of them leave different signs, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think where that line of investigation takes you next is into the planet in question and it's it's one that has not been populated until fairly recently you you look it up in the archives the planet in question is lumeria uh, you can tell by the records that the primary race of creatures who live there are a insectoid race they they're basically like little fly people um who who live there they're anth- anthropomorphic flies I think there's maybe like a few like 
not quite newspaper clippings, right? But like there, there's some news clippings mm-hmm. um, of one of these flies. Oh, I, I should mention these flies actually cannot fly. Uh, okay. Their their wings are vestigial at this point. They're, so they're walks. Yeah, they're walks now. <laughs> You're right. Um. <laughs> Pat is so bad at me. <laughs> Uh, we'll give a name to these uh, real quick. I think we're going to call this. We're going to call them the walks now. <laughs> well, I don't like that. It's kind of hard to say, and it's confusing. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll call them uh, the Vix. The Vix. The Vix. Like the Vaporub? Yes. V-I-X. <laughs> so the Vix of Lumeria. Some of them have been disappearing, and the signs associated with that. So... Well, specifically, what was your what was your question again? Uh, what sort of creature is it? Yeah, so it's a fly. The or sign. or we could go with uh, what happened here for the first question, and then let's do what happened here. Okay, um, if if you're interested in that, I mean that's basically what what's being answered. Yeah, I think I think you're at the stage in the mystery where that makes sense to ask, right? Yeah. Um. So the news clippings you find show that some of the Vix of Lumeria have been. Almost as if gravity is being inverted where they are only. They are just pulled up by nothing into the sky and disappear. Huh. And you you can see that uh, Lumeria, it's a planet shaped sort of like a triangular prism. Hmm. The perspective that you have on it, it's point down on the triangular face, which is the largest face. Um, it's one third as wide as the triangle is tall. You can see that like there are hints of metal and rock. It's almost like maybe that this was once a, a, a space station that had then been sort of converted into a planet hmm. um, that it had been terraformed to some degree. Huh. Um, and I want you to imagine like this triangular prism, triangular face facing you. And there's like a thick band running around the planet floating there in the sky of of Sintelac and, and just metal pieces. Um, just just random bunk technology just sort of floating out there. Just slightly off center all around it. Okay. It's not so much like a cloud around it that you can't possibly get closer, but like More over, like a ring? Yeah, it's it's sort of like a ring, but it's a very, very wide band at this point. Okay. It might have once just been like a heavy cloud of the stuff just floating there. Um, but over time, as this satellite, as this object fell into some sort of orbit um, and attained a rotation and, and just like because of how those forces work, it has slowly, it has slowly been convalescing into a singular band. Eventually, it might be more like a ring, but that's not quite there yet. Uh, what color or colors does the surface of the planet look like as we approach? Uh, so you're not approaching. Oh, okay. This is just in the research. Phase. Okay. Oh, so, in, in her in her little book, what color does it look like the surface of the planet is? Uh, it's like, it's especially silvered towards the bottom um, where more of the metal is visible. Uh, and then it like transitions into uh, rock and a little bit of grass. There's not really much of an atmosphere. Um, there's a lot of terrarium sort of habs uh, along the surface of it. Uh, up into the top where there's like a deep crater going down. And it seems like there's some large building sort of assembled around that. You, you can't really tell from the pictures or anything like okay. that. Um, can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah. Uh, you said that they, that like gravity was reversing like where they were and they were getting pulled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they then just disappear from there? Is it like they're, they're gone, gone, or is it that they are 
It's like if you were standing outside and gravity suddenly reversed and you just fell into the sky. Okay, so it's not that they're like, it's not that their existence is being like unwritten or something. It's that when we say they're disappearing, they're disappearing from the face of the planet because they're getting pulled into the sky. Into the sky. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, all right. Um, Okay. Interesting. What's your other question you want to ask? I could go with what sort of creature is it, but actually I'm going to go with what is being concealed here. Yeah. Um, from the records, you can tell that the, the Vicks have not been there terribly long. The The Vicks have been there, you know, maybe for for more than a, a year or two. Oh, shit. Um, so- which to you, that, that feels like especially not very long, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I'm saying year or two. Uh, we're not bound by the time it takes for the Earth to travel around the sun in this place. So, but we'll say roughly that equivalent number of space days. Yeah. Right. You're, you're, you're tracking time in some way, roughly a year or two in space time. Um, a cycle or two. Yes. It's, it's been a cycle or two uh, that they've been there. But for the Vix, that is many generations. Um, a, a Vix only lives for 10 or 12 days. Hmm. Uh, so though they've only been there for for you a, a couple of cycles, you know, a couple of and annual so cycles. So many generations. And it's been many Vix generations that they've been here. Okay. Um, but they did not make this place. They moved there. Uh-huh. So... I think what is being concealed here is whatever is going on could relate to what this place once was. Okay. Um, and that the the Vix could be being affected by something that has been there before them. Okay. Fascinating. Hello. Keeper David reporting for duty. Our mid-roll is a bit early in the episode today because, well, because of a certain issue. Moments before in this podcast, I used a word, scintillac, coming from scintilla, meaning spark or trace, and scintillate to emit sparks or sparkle. This word can be broadly used to describe any smallish sparkly thing, but I used it in the context of space junk, so shiny metal detritus of varying size. I'm giving you this definition here because this word is about to be used a lot in both this episode and across this whole arc. So it's a good one to add to the old vocabulary. If you want to hear this word a few more times, plus a great deal of other behind-the-scenes nonsense that got pulled from this episode, you could support us over on Patreon and gain all of our glorious bloopers, as well as a variety of other goodies. If you want to just hear more from us, you can always follow us on Twitter, or join us in the Cast Junkie Discord server to discuss the show or whatever the fancy of the day is there. If you want a little more Monster of the Week goodness to tide you over until our next episode, then I heartily recommend you give a listen to Monster Hour, who have a completed 63-episode show just waiting for you to binge right now. Showrunner Quinn and crew are some of the best to play the game. I love their show, and we'll be having a clip from them at the end of today's episode. So, stay tuned. But for now, we'll get back to it. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy! Um, So, uh, after... Determining that information, Nova, you get a notification on your communicator that 
your ship is now away from all population and other uh, material centers. You are far enough out into space that you can safely warp to get close to your destination. Okay, so I'll uh, head back up to the bridge and... Uh, turn the page. Turn the page. Yeah, you go to the bridge. Uh, I think there's uh, part of your control system. There is a book that is like wired into the the frame of this of this computing system. Uh, it's the Encyclopedia Galactica, and I have to turn to the right page. Yes, to the to the right uh, to the right section. <laughs> yeah, your Encyclopedia Galactica is wired into the the frame, and you turn to the section for. Uh, is it on page twenty two dot twenty two dot twenty two? It's yeah. got to be on page 22.22.22. You turn to page 22.22.22, uh, which is for uh, Space Sector J31 Niner Niner. Mm-hmm. And after turning to the appropriate page, you lock it in, and the camera zooms out, and you see the ship, the spine open, the book, the pages splayed. The pages flip across to the same page as the one that was just selected at the dash. And then the cover of the book flaps gently and you see the engines at the rear begin to glow and then please please tell me that it leaves a rainbow behind it as it flies it's a reading rainbow it's a reading rainbow it's a reading rainbow yeah and uh it winks through space uh as reality is warped around it as it heads towards its destination reading man it'll take you anywhere So, uh, your ship comes out of warp. It makes a noise. And it's still a little bit of a flight until you arrive at the at the planet, at the station, whatever you want to call it. Because, of course, you can't warp too close. Otherwise, you may risk... Warping it. Warping it in some fashion. Yeah. Uh, as, as the reality around you is bent as you travel. Um, but you do arrive there. And as your ship is pulling up closer to the planet, you see that inverted triangle, uh, this triangular prism. Um, and you can see that the bottom is like rounded just a little bit. You see some of that shiny metal that's underneath. Hmm. Um, you can like maybe suspect it what its original shape would have been, but like it's been augmented at this point. You're not quite sure. Um, but you do see floating around it this rather thick band of Sintelac. It's definitely thick enough that it it could be a ring of its own eventually, but for now, it's just this thick band going around the entire planet uh, of Lumeria, where you're headed. Um, so, what kind of band? Rock, pop, punk? Uh, this is—it's a metal band, obviously. <laughs> I watched, the joke was right there. I was right into that one. <laughs> I feel real dumb now, guys. Would you say that you walk this way into it? Hold on, I'm I'm walk flying. I, I need my my pilot's glass. Right. So, um, I wanted to ask uh, as you're making your approach. Um, there's a lot of Sintelac floating around this thing, and presumably, you guys got to get down to the ground in order to continue your reconnaissance. Unless there's something you're going to do from space. I guess I'm opening the table. Is there... Scintillac. Yeah. Scintillac. How scintillating. How scintillac... Cut that out. <laughs> if if scintillac has a baby, does it scintillactate? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, that's stupid. <laughs> As the meme goes. I'm sorry. That was a weird thing for me to say. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, I don't know how much of the surface we can even see through the Sintelac. You can like see the general shape, but like when you're looking through the Sintelac and not just like where it's thinner, you can't see very much. There's a pretty thick band of the stuff. Do we have like a drone that we can send to like spy on the on the Lumerians for a little bit? I, you you all can have anything that you can roll. For oh, right? I I, mean, I could actually check in my what would that be in my armory or in, I I yeah. I feel like if you're going for your armory, then this is some sort of fighting pod, and you'd have to. It's probably a manned vehicle. You'd probably send somebody in it. It says monster killing weapons and items. Yeah, but it's monster killing weapons, and I'm assuming monster killing items. I'm assuming that and is fair enough. Oh, fair. So, like, I'm saying there's no problem with that. I'm just saying you, we basically this would be a combined effort with someone else. You okay. would you would have it, unless do you have to roll to have stuff from? Yeah, Kevin? I, I have to roll to. So to have yeah, it. you you could roll to have it, and then uh, we could someone else could use it. I mean, I don't know. The fractor could go out. Do you want to just like go go do be you, a drone? Can you float? Do you need to breathe air? I'm assuming no. Could anything visibly <laughs> hurt you with a projector? No. <laughs> That's another I mean, thing. I mean, I think, is... I think that I have to deliberately phase through things. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I just am by default phasing through things. So I think yeah. that if, like, if I, you know, I think I can be hurt. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. So another suggestion. We push Rodney out the air. <laughs> <laughs> and when he comes back, he tells us what he saw. Yeah. Well, no, no, I no, won't no, remember no. what no. I saw. Hear, hear me out. We push Rodney out the airlock when we think we're in an area that there may be hostile beings. For him to draw whatever fire might or might not be present. And then Dr. Froctor, Froctor Og, can go out. Froctor. Froctor can go out the other side of the ship when whoever enemies we might imagine might exist out there are going after Rodney's body. Wow, Lenny got over uh, <laughs> throwing real. Rodney out of the out of the <laughs> airlock pretty quick. I told him he would forget. So, <laughs> how about? But why don't why don't? How about we do something sane and normal, <laughs> like get on like a uh, communique and see if we can communicate with anyone on the planet first before we try landing. Oh, that's so smart. Question. Mm-hmm. You're the one with the doctorate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we've already established that a proctorate is not a doctorate. They're different. <laughs> I didn't even graduate high school. <laughs> um, are we a clandestine organization? Do people know about us? Are That's we supposed to keep our? Question. Are we supposed to keep our existence hidden? Or I think I well. I are we the Men in Black? I would say yes. Okay. I, I, I would say you definitely should. Um, I think anyone who's part of the Cosmic Library are people who once may have either been sort of anomalous themselves or uh, were around them and the, <laughs> the existence of the Cosmic Library was revealed to them mm-hmm. uh, and then they, they joined and became a part of it. Um, it's like their whole thing is like sort of monitoring the realities and making sure they don't bleed into one another. So right. um, I think that that sounds like a clandestine organization to me. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So were we to talk to them, we would need to have a cover story of some sort. Yes. Okay. Don't put Lenny in charge of the cover story. Oh, it will not go tell well. Him, tell him we're uh, 
intergalactic auditors and we're here to audit the planet. You're just telling them what we're here to do. We're census takers. Census takers. Yes. Mm. Oh, brilliant. On behalf of who? On behalf of uh, the president. The... the the space newspaper. The space news. No, uh, uh, <laughs> your space news people on behalf of the uh on the fellowship of intergalactic planetary wait, planetary wait, 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 wait. intergalactic. <laughs> Thank you, Beastie Boys. <laughs> I, I I will submit this to you all. We are on behalf of the Lord of the Frings. We are here. The Lord of the of the, the Frings. The Frings? Frings. Yeah. It's a thing from Runza where like you get right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, no. Keep going. Don't stop now. Okay, all right. Census takers is solid. Um <laughs> I will say you might also might want to consider as far as your approach is concerned, who you might want to talk to. Right. And be sure that whatever angle you're like getting in is only half the battle. Right. Mm. Um, you you then need to have you need to have reasonable. For some reason, I'm, I'm falling back to jurisprudence. But probable um, cause. Need, yeah. You, Can we sell Girl Scout cookies? <laughs> Can we be intergalactic Girl Scout cookie? Salespeople. This one's blueberry. Okay, so <laughs> there was some haka in there. <laughs> you can be anything you want. Just bear that in mind. That like there's a there's a step two after your step one. <laughs> okay, so refresh my memory yeah. about one the name of these people and they, the they are they are the Vicks. They are the Vicks. They the are uh, insectoids. Okay. Um, they appear to be some sort of fly-like creatures, although they no longer, their wings are vestigial at this point. They just have them to express themselves. Do we know where they eat? Uh, I mean, sure. Yeah, they eat food. Like, well, like... They're omnivores. Like, yeah, they're oh, omnivores. Okay, okay. I just wondered if they had, like, a cultural dish that we could be offering. I, you, They might, but that's not something you know about. Oh, okay. or, or it's something that you might be able to try to research. And we I could can... also say we're, like, intergalactic pizza delivery people. I have yeah. a great idea, guys. Yeah? It's, I mean, it's a stupid you're idea. You're delivering a pizza to the planet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really big pizza. We didn't we didn't order any pizza. <laughs> nobody well, well, nobody on the planet ordered pizza. Somebody's gonna have to pay for this extra, 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 extra large pepperoni. <laughs> and so what'll happen is all of the people on the planet will turn against each other as they try to get out of paying for the giant pizza. Okay, that doesn't sound like what we want. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, guys, I got I'm on board with the census takers. No, I think that's a great idea. I do have a I do have a more stealthy plan yeah. if y'all want to hear it. Sure. Yes. What if we what if we somehow like rigged the whole of the ship to be magnetic to pull Sintelac onto our hull and disguise ourselves as part of their like weird cloud thing and use that to make it seem like we're just a 
a glob of Cintillac flying into their but planet. what if they start to blame us for all their people getting sucked up into space because they're like, oh, well, you're covered in all of our space junk, so maybe uh, you were the one pulling... Something I can add uh, as far as details from the planet... Um, you can see that, like, the surface is also covered with bits and pieces of this centilla. Oh. Like, <laughs> like the, the, they, it's something that they use in their construction. It's something that you can, like, see, literally see from space. Okay, so that, <gasps> would, that would be a thing that would probably do more harm than good. I, I'm sort of saying the opposite. I'm, oh, really? I'm saying, like, if you want to disguise yourself as Sintelag, I think that's a decent way oh. to take your approach. I was thinking s- that the... Some of the Sintelag falls down all the time because it's like they don't have much of an atmosphere to stop it. It's mm-hmm. like... Mm. All right. I mean, uh, you know, uh, that could be a job for Lenny to, uh, you know, uh, operate on the whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To to adjust it to uh, to have this function. Okay. Important question. Yeah. What is the sound we will make for Lenny's <laughs> to, <laughs> to make yeah. this occur? Because I'm thinking of thump. Mm, <laughs> That's good. I like that. Thump. Mm, yeah. Thump. Thump. Yeah, I, I think that we must, in unison, to the toolbox, say this. So Lenny goes out to um, the, the engine room and gets this special toolbox and brings it back to the group mm-hmm. and sets it before the group and kind of bows as he backs away from the box. Um, Let's do this in scene. So okay. you, Lenny has brought this toolbox out. Yes. Uh, Froctor, offer your thoughts, I suppose. Oh, just like, my idea, yeah, yeah, in in character, yeah. This is this is now a character in character operation. We were in zoomed out. Now we're zooming in. Okay, so we're uh, Nova. Nova will lead into this. I also, where is this conversation happening? Let's establish. That. We are in a meeting room. Yeah, off of the ship cafeteria. Then, then let's say we're in the break room that we were in earlier. Okay. Uh, oh, sure. We started. We're in the break room. Uh, Nova has here. just given everybody all the information that she has collected. Oh, good. Uh, which she presented in a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we're still animations? using PowerPoint? Yes. Oh, no, yes. It's, 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 a, space it's a power. It's, it's a PowerPoint mm. presentation. It's it, it's it's holographic and it's all pointing. Mm. I was about it's, to say, there's just a based. giant holographic mm. finger that's just pointing. <laughs> yeah. PU doesn't have the biggest uh, <laughs> budget. It's what I know how to use. Mm. Uh, anyway. Yes, so uh, so we're going to go with uh, Plan 62, which is to pretend to be census takers. Nova, I have developed a novel plan, I think. Okay. What if we... Hmm, Lenny, my good friend, your tools perhaps could be used to magnetize the ship... And the Srindalak surrounding this planet would surround us. And we could harmlessly fall. Doing air quotes here. (laughs) (laughs) What do Proctor's air quotes look like? (laughs) (laughs) It's just these like slimy tendrils that come out of her body. His body, sorry. And uh, it's not fingers; it's just points that bend downwards. <laughs> yeah, it's like like I, I imagine to think that he can like uselessly shape shift pretty much mm-hmm. to his his yeah. design. Um, so he'll shape shift to blobby hands and do like okay <laughs> air quotes. I just wanted to get that on record. But like, there's not there's there are two fingers on each hand. Um, but like <laughs> she did air quotes again. <laughs> 
so much, so much air quotes from this sentient blob. So much air quotes for this voice-only podcast. Would you like to? Should we revisit what I'm wearing? <laughs> Should we revisit what I'm wearing? What are you wearing? Jake from State Farm. (laughs) Quick aside, Jake from State Farm would make an excellent D&D character, but I'm going to go back to a regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) (laughs) And let's cut to commercial. Where the fuck was I, guys? Uh, (laughs) On the ship, in the break room. (laughs) You have a plan. You're doing air quotes. Yeah, um... Oh, right. I was saying harmlessly fall in air quotes. Um, To the surface of the planet and conduct our business stealthily. Okay. I think that the Troctor's plan sounds pretty good. I don't know. Lenny, you're the mechanic. Do you think that the ship is going to be all right? (laughs) Sure. <laughs> so, what sound does a magnet make? Magnets. How do they work? Something like that. So, they're kind of like monks. <laughs> <laughs> Monknit. Okay. So, it's a jungle so, out there. So. Poison in the very air we breathe. So we're going to need to make kind of the sound that we want to the toolbox. And then the tool will give us what we need to potentially get what we want from the ship. Um, So we together in unison must make the sound. So we've got... Uh, well, uh, you all make your magnet noises uh, and you see the toolbox after you, you make these noises and Lenny has his arms, several arms <laughs> raised, raised before the box uh, and it like shakes on the table and then pops open and floating out of there is just a long flat disc with a handle on the backside it's, it looks a little bit like a buffing wheel, actually. Hmm. Um, and it floats over to you, Lenny, and then just drops itself perfectly into your hands. Lenny is awestruck at the power that the toolbox has displayed in this moment. He has seen this happen many, many times. Every single time he forgets. <laughs> <laughs> and every single time he is awed as though it were a new experience. Froctor nods knowingly. <laughs> <laughs> but explains absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, so what's the next part in your rote? Oh, you've attained, yes. you've attained okay. the thing. So I have attained the thing uh, with the ritual gesture, um, and I'm wielding the object of power. I then roll, and if I get a 10 or higher, the thing is fixed, and it's better than it was before, and we got what we want. Do we need to make a spacewalk to do this? Do we need to do it on the outside of the ship? I kind of I do like the idea that this has to be done on the outside. Like it's mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's uh, in fixing air quotes the hole, right? So do we need to figure out in canon how Lenny fits into a spacesuit? They have th- 
They have a spacesuit fit for you. So this is how it works. Um, <laughs> Literally no clothes in the galaxy fit Lindy. <laughs> <laughs> ah. You have to get some pants somewhere. So, so it's not necessarily the safest <laughs> way to do this, but it is the most surefire uh, uh, form-fitting way. Um, I think you go to... Uh, there's a exterior-facing airlock um, that when you go inside... You stand up next to one of the walls, and there's essentially a two-sided vacuum form machine that encases you in a, a bubble uh, that, that is, like, fairly close to your skin. And there's just, like, an extra little pod of it that just contains atmosphere that you can breathe. Um, and at the longer, eventually it'll run out, and then you'll just be trapped in this bubble in space unless you get back inside. So you have a set amount of oxygen. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's just a just a little bubble suit. And there's a place for us to put things that we don't uh, want in the bubble with yes. us? Yes. Okay. They, they can just chill there in the airlock while you get vacuum formed, and then uh, you grab your tool, and then when you get back, they pop the bubble. That's okay. fine. Cool. Peel you out of it. Yeah. It's very much reminding me of, like, freezer wrapping or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very, very similar. similar. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, um, on the rolling front, if I roll a 10 or better, it's fixed. It's better than it was before it. We get what we want. A seven to a nine means that we get what we want, but it's just like temporary. Um, and then uh, if I get below a seven, either it's broken worse than it was before or something else breaks as a result. Cool. So uh, let's roll your route. Here we go. As roll, Lenny, roll, roll your route. Lenny, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll describe it after we see what the result is. Okay, go ahead. cool. That good, huh? Oh my god, is that snake eyes? That is yes. snake eyes. No! First roll of the game. Well, like a second roll of the game. Oh my god, um, my good idea. Mark, mark experience. <laughs> yeah, you can either accept this roll and mark experience, or you may mark a point of luck, and you may upgrade this roll to a 12+. plus. I will do luck. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, what is your uh, oh, yeah. effect of your, of your luck? So, um... When I spin luck until the end of the mystery, backlash on my spells will be extra nasty. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Excellent. And since I have no actual skill in anything, it this works. It's going to be oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> uh, yeah. So instead, you have a 12 plus, which means you fix it. Okay. So, Lenny, the airlock opens. You've, you've already been vacuum formed. You, you have a lovely, uh, I'm thinking it's like a, like a nice little bubblegum pink sort of, uh, like, outer barrier that's like you know just okay. above your skin and then there's like a little pot on your back of all of the the air that was intentionally mm -hmm. captured with it mm -hmm. um, and it's you can feel it slowly going down as it fills your you know makeshift suit uh, mm -hmm. with with air with oxygen that you can breathe mm -hmm. and the the doors open and all that is beyond of course is the vacuum of space uh, and you make your way out and the gravitational dampers present in the ship that create that artificial gravity, um, they have been deactivated for this section, and you float your way out to the outside of the ship, and you have many arms, and the surface of the ship, it being a, a book and all, uh, a metal book, which is fun. Um, <laughs> he didn't even... <clears throat> I forgot that the fucking ship is book-shaped. Let's not, let's not think about it too deeply. <laughs> Just take uh, a look. It's a metal book. <laughs> And it makes a rainbow. <laughs> yeah. um, and Nova, you're bringing the ship up very close to the Centilac so that the, the, the magnetism that Lenny is enacting here isn't going to 
cause metal shards to fly at high speeds into your ship. <laughs> um, that sounds to me like you're acting under pressure. You're, sure. you're pulling off a difficult maneuver here. Uh, I think I'm going to say to Lenny through whatever comm system we have. Uh, all right, Lenny. Uh, you're going to have a very short period of time to do this and then get your ass back into the ship. Lenny can't remember how to communicate back through the chat thing. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a can I get some sign that you Okay. <laughs> uh, you 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 see one of Lenny's hands on an exterior window waving. Okay, alright. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm acting under pressure? Yes. Uh, I've read about this sort of thing. I believe that. Uh, so I can roll plus sharp instead of plus cool Absolutely. when I act under pressure. I believe yeah. this about you. Four, five, six, uh, seven, eight. Eight. That's a nice. success. So uh, uh, that's our first time having that on an act under pressure. So describe for me what that is. Uh, on a seven to nine, the keeper is going to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get up close. Um. Yeah, this is good. Uh, you, <laughs> I did the thing. There it is. There's a stat phrase. That's, that's my tell. Uh, yeah, no, this is good. No, this, is good. Oh, this is good. Yeah, so, no, this is good. Oh, now you oh, have your good, freebie on your bingo card. Yeah, you can mark you can, on your Toto bingo card. Yep. Mark mark this mark the free space for no. This is good. <laughs> oh, no, this is good. This is good. I think there should be uh, also on the bingo card uh, Angelica screaming. Yes. <laughs> well, just not in every game, though. But on this one, there, there should be one. <laughs> um, you you get up close. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> uh, you you get up close to the Centilac. Hey, Centilac, uh, how you doing? Hey there, how you doing? Uh, and you you hear on the outside hole of the ship, you hear Lenny thunk, uh, as you whack your tool against the surface of the ship. I like to think he just tripped. <laughs> <laughs> Since he got a luck point, I lo- like used the luck point for this. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the tool like rattles on the surface and then you see it. And the same sound earlier that you were describing, uh, it turns on and you feel like all, all of the electronics inside the ship, you see like flicker for a moment as they're adjusting to the new magnetic field that has been generated on the exterior of the ship. And you see some of that Syntelac that you were floating near floating towards the ship. And Nova, uh, the hard choice that I'm going to give you here is there's definitely enough of this coming towards that the ship will, will be able to to be effectively covered by it. Uh-huh. Um, the the hard choice is, uh, there are several larger pieces moving towards you, um, like probably half the size of your ship that have been attracted towards this. <laughs> and basically, if you, if you choose to pursue this, then you're going to be chased by big old chunks of Sintelac that are attracted towards you. I want to uh, keep that on and go... All right, shit, shit. Lenny, get back in the ship. We're going down. <laughs> and I'm going to take us as quickly as I can to the surface of the planet. <laughs> it's a chase scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Lenny, 
Synthalac is starting to rain down on the surface of the ship. And it's not raining down hard, but it is like sticking to it. And Lenny, I think you realize that if one of these pieces catches you just right, it will pin you to the exterior of the ship as you try to descend. Yeah, which is not uh, going to be good as we enter the even slight atmosphere. So, Lenny, I need you to act under pressure as you try to get back into the ship <laughs> under this hail of Sintelac. What's your uh, what's your cool rating? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. Could be a negative. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> <laughs> Things are supposed to get better over time. <laughs> I will find ways. Oh, five and. Hey, that's a six. six. Oh my okay, gosh, eleven. That's fantastic. Huh. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not the first dangerous situation that Lenny has not wanted to be in. Uh, <laughs> I think you are powered by the panic. Please describe for me how Lenny runs back in. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So uh you know how maybe when you were a kid or maybe like three days ago when, <laughs> <laughs> when a large dog appeared like down the street and started barking at you and you were really scared and you started to run the other way and you like panicked and tripped and I'm not saying that this Zach, did this happen to you three days ago? But, <laughs> like, you, you kind of fall forward and you start kind of running on, on all your limbs. It's kind of what Lenny's doing. He's kind of, like, falling forward and using all his limbs to move forward. And you know how caterpillars kind of bloop, bloop, bloop. They, they kind of like, gallop a little bit. Yeah, they yeah. inch their way forward. He's got a beautiful, glorious gallop. <laughs> it's, it's just majestic. There should be, like... An orchestra playing in the background with a French horn lead and just like truly beautiful stuff. It's his <laughs> moment of glory. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Sintelac is raining down onto the surface of the yeah. ship, sticking to it as the magnet that it has now become. Meanwhile, bat out of hell on all fours? On all limbs. <laughs> on all all like limbs. 16 in slow-mo yeah. and chariots of fires playing in the back. <laughs> so are like are like flying in between his flowing body. Yes, <laughs> as he majestically uh, he, he skips across the surface of the ship, uh, grabs onto the bars around the airlock with like six of his hands and throws himself back inside. Excellent. Uh, Money is safe inside. Yeah. yeah. I have an idea for how uh, the going in uh, protocol works yeah. uh, with the with the way that the, the ship controls work. Yeah. Uh, I think that especially when making a like quick entrance sort of situation, I think I fold down the top of two of the pages in the Encyclopedia Galactica as if I'm starting a paper airplane and like they come into the metal and it, like it has and, a point. And the <laughs> ship nosedives. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think uh, the Sintelec that has stuck to you and the bigger pieces that you've moved towards you by getting so close have basically poked a hole, temporarily at least, in the the Sintelec that's floating around. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you dive bomb through there. Like, basically, you're far enough out that the bigger pieces have moved towards you and you zip around them and then tuck under to go in. Um, I think this is actually another act under pressure. I can do that. um, As you try to avoid these big pieces of Sintelac. Not only have I read about this sort of thing, I've studied this extensively, but I'm not expecting like a more than that, than the, than the using the plus yeah, yeah, sharp. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you I'm are just a pilot. Shit. Yeah, this is, this is your thing. <laughs> Woohoo! Seven plus sharp, uh, nine. Nine, okay. 
Unless anybody wants to help me to get it up to a 10. Oh, that's true. Oh, wait, how does that work? You can, uh, when you help another hunter, roll plus cool. On a 10 plus, you help grants them plus one on their roll. On a 7 to 9, you help grants them plus one to the roll, but you also expose yourself to trouble or danger. Yeah. Do you have an idea? You've got an idea face. What What's in that noggin? I grew up on Earth folding paper airplanes all my life. Let me see if I can't help you out here. <laughs> I love it! <laughs> all right. You said plus cool? Uh-huh. That's a seven. Well, uh, on a seven to nine, your help grants them plus one to their roll, but you also expose yourself to trouble or danger. So it does get me up to that. Yeah. And now Rodney's in danger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So that, so that brings you up to a 10, yes? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so you do successfully avoid the Sintelac, Um, And the piece of Sintelac that your ship has now been disguised as uh, hurtles down at, with some speed towards the planet's surface. You, you dive and... Rodney knew how to fold that paper airplane just right. You you dive fat. I think Rodney has never made a paper airplane which flew. Do I? <laughs> so do it, I like dropping like the stone that you've made? <laughs> do I like flip over the pedestal and careen into like the the window at the front? Oh no, no, no. there's there's inertial dampeners and everything. You're fine. You're fine. That's not what's happening. That's not what's going to happen. This oh. is going to be a different consequence. Oh boy. Uh so you plummet down to the surface of the planet and you have successfully dodged the big pieces that were above you. You, you like careen at an angle. Um, you get sort of far enough away that your magnetic field is no longer pulling them towards you specifically. Uh-huh. And your ship comes down. Here's a question. You came down with some velocity. How do you land? <laughs> Here's an answer. Not well. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm trained pretty pretty extensively i have like three years of college uh, <laughs> uh and uh i know i've i've flown this ship in in some pretty unfortunate situations at this point yeah we took on a, a black hole swan we've we've had worse um i don't know about worse but we've had different <laughs> uh so i think that i know that the the spine actually does it it is equipped to take the most damage or take the most like take the most force. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna make sure to to land that. And I think it probably does come in kind of at a at an angle, um front of book spine forward, like like one whatever whichever side is closer to the bridge. Uh the, the bridge is closer mm-hmm. that that part comes in forward and it probably does sort of scrape across the uh the surface of the planet for a second as we come to a halt. Yeah, you do successfully land it. Again, you got boosted to a 10 on that maneuver. So you do you do land. It is a risky business. Mm-hmm. There's um, just that terrible metal scraping sound. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think uh, the scene in Galaxy Quest when the ship is up against the, the dock walls and it just goes <laughs> for like way too long. Uh, Rodney. You know Me, those, you know those two big old chunks of Centilac that you you dove past, yeah. uh, helped to avoid. Uh, well, they're no longer hit, hurtling towards your ship; they're hurtling towards the surface. And you're the one who dove straight down past them, so they're on a rather quick collision course with the surface below. 
Um, you guys going to do anything about that? I mean, we'd like to. Well, are there are there guns on the ship? There could be. Are there guns like connected the to the ship? I mean, I have an array gun. <gasps> Can I use my array gun to turn these two large pieces into many, many smaller pieces in an array? I think we figured out what the array gun does, David. Uh, dear, we dear were us. part of I ate a pie. It it sections it. Yeah. <laughs> like a pie. When you join I ate a pie, they they give you an array gun. Yeah. If you're if you're a you sure? if you're a paying member, and, I I I uh, wasn't a paying member. Oh, okay. Proctor supported the org, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, just came to the meetings. Yeah, you have an array gun. Uh, yeah, Proctor, <laughs> if you want to clean up this mess for everyone, I'll give it a shot. What am I rolling? Uh, two die six. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, am I am I rolling? Is it kick some ass? Is it? Is it is I feel it, like this would be kick some ass, right? Because it's an actual like fighting thing. So with kick some ass, kick some ass is an exchange of harm. Oh. So it, it's like you were in a fight, right? Yeah, we don't. And we're not that. in a fight right now. This is definitely acts under pressure. Do you think it's act under pressure? Yeah, you're you're destroying something. Uh, would it? Would it be I protect someone? This could be protect someone. Oh, that's. I guess that's true. Would this be protect Rodney? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I think it is. I think it is protect someone. In this case, it's a little bit protect Rodney from first the the potential loss of life, but also the uh, potential. There's, there's going to be paperwork damage. that Rodney is going to have to file on behalf of. Uh, I believe the it's Cosmic Library, and us. and I believe that paperwork is Form twenty two dot twenty two dot twenty two. All right. Yeah, you're, you're welcome to try, Froctor. For the audience, I have a plus zero to tough. <laughs> <laughs> That's a seven. That's a seven. So on a seven, you protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get. Oh, boy. So in this case, this wasn't going to be... Uh... Oh, wait. <clears throat> I think we've done this wrong. Protect someone is explicitly when you prevent harm to another character. Oh. Um, I don't think that's really what's been happening. Unless okay. we consider the ship to be another character. Mm, I mean, okay. I, uh, do you have any cool? Uh, I do have plus one cool. I feel like this is more of an act under pressure. Okay, I mean, that's fine by me. Um, um, well, not I mean, al- alternatively, it could be some variety of use magic to use the, the fucking oh, ray gun. Yeah, no, I actually like that a lot. Which uh, is great because that gives me a 10. <laughs> No, 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 because like this is using advanced technology, right? Oh, yeah, it um, is. It which is. is. Which for us is use magic. Yeah. Um, well, then my array gun fires with all of the power of a seven plus three. <laughs> <laughs> and what is technology but magic we don't understand yet? That's right. Uh, so on. <laughs> That's not. The... <laughs> <laughs> Could that be the title of this episode? <laughs> finally managed to swallow that water good (laughs) what is technology but magic we don't understand yet oh my god you realize I said it that way on purpose I know no I I it took me a minute. I like at first I didn't even notice you had done anything weird. <laughs> hey, on a ten plus, the magic works without issues. Yeah, which is really great. So yeah, uh, you you divide up 
uh, this these dropping pieces of scintillac that are coming towards the the surface. You divide them up into much smaller pieces. Your your array gun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically operates like uh, you you. Okay, this is good. <laughs> Proctor, we've already determined that if things are in your little space pocket, they don't get they don't have the problems of phasing through stuff. So they're like right. sort of part of you for that yeah. moment in a weird way. Um, so that's where you normally keep your array gun. So you just like phase through the outside of your ship and then just pull out your array gun <laughs> and point it and click. And it doesn't uh, make a sound, but you go. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and as if you, with a massive slap chop, had just <laughs> hammered it on these pieces, uh, they are they are diced into thousands of tiny little pieces of centilac, which rain down much more harmlessly uh, on a few domed, uh, large uh, domed dwellings you see on the on the surface of this planet. What is a slap chop? Shot. Let's <laughs> <laughs> try again. What is a slap chop but love persevering? <laughs> I was going to say, what is a slap chop but not more magic we don't understand? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative-driven and crisply edited with painfully relatable characters, Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR, Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. I'm monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. 